Hello and welcome to this podcast in which we're going to discuss some of the trends we're seeing in financial services enforcement. My name is Sarah Cody and I'm a counsel in the financial regulation team here in London. And I'm Duncan Campbell. I'm a managing associate in the financial regulation team in London as well. And both of us support Linklater's contentious regulatory practice. So to set the scene before we get going, what were we expecting 12 months ago? Well, to be honest, probably a year dominated by Brexit preparations. And what we got was a fundamental reorientation, not just of enforcement, but also financial services as a whole, as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. So the FCA focus in particular switched to emergency harm prevention measures, including dealing with the implications of remote working, supporting consumers and responding to volatile markets. So after an initial slowdown and reprioritization, we saw both regulators progressing enforcement work with the FCA concluding several significant cases reflecting their main regulatory priorities. These particularly featured financial crime, market conduct, and the fair treatment of customers in arrears. So Duncan, I'm gonna ask you a question now. Let's start with the move to home working. Obviously it's going to continue to impact both FCA and PRA enforcement work as we move through 2021. What do you think that's going to look like in practice? Yes, absolutely, Sarah. And with the pandemic, the FCA and the PRA concentrated upon urgent measures to address threats of immediate harm. Enforcement work continued, but there was some case rationalization and reprioritization, recognizing the diversion of resources. We now expect a short-term reduction in the number of new investigations opened and a continued increase in average case length as both regulators grapple with the difficulties of conducting investigations remotely. During 2021, though, the FCA is likely to shift from immediate harm prevention and towards enforcement action in areas with immediate risk of harm. And some examples uh, might be the uh, inadequate implementation of the FCA's COVID-19 guidance, as well as investigative work in priority areas such as boiler rooms and scams. Enforcement processes are lengthy, so COVID-19 impacts on enforcement work will only become publicly evident in time in the form of published actions. So we'll start to see initially some COVID-related investigations coming through, but not yet published outcomes. That said, two areas of pandemic-related risk will predominate in those investigations, we think. The first is market conduct risks from home working uh, and volatile markets. Uh, and uh, we've already seen some moves in that regard from regulators. And the other big area is the treatment of customers, particularly those in financial distress. But Sarah, I know you've been speaking to clients about fair treatment of customers in particular. What types of issues are firms likely to be facing here? Thanks, Duncan. I think it's fair to say that TCF is not a new issue. So the FCA first said that treating customers fairly was a cultural issue back in 2006, and they've repeated that line pretty consistently ever since. It's a challenging enforcement risk for firms to mitigate. So the rules leave quite a significant amount of room for interpretation and variance in terms of how firms go about meeting the FCA's pretty broad brush high level expectations. There's a temptation perhaps, or a some scope for a degree of retroactivity in the way in which the FCA 
views its expectations and and that regulator certainly isn't shy about flexing its enforcement muscles so we had three significant fines for failings around treating customers in financial difficulty fairly during 2020 and they proved to be quite prescient given the issues that we saw customers struggling with during the pandemic so 2020 as everyone knows saw a raft of new guidance regarding expectations on firms for customers experiencing financial difficulties in the light of coronavirus. So there are a number of consistent themes coming out of enforcement cases in this space. You often get poor or unclear communications with customers. Um, there can be an over-reliance on process, so teams not taking into account customers' personal circumstances when in their dealings with them. Um, and linked to that, you get insufficient training on how to treat customers fairly, so teams not really understanding how to do that in the context of their specific roles. And then from a governance point of view, you'll have poor or no root cause analysis and also um, poor or, or indeed inadequate management information. So we have at the moment, I think, all the ingredients for a major enforcement headache for firms in this space. So you have a, a variety of risk areas, you have a fast moving policy environment and a general increase in, in customer vulnerability across the board. So sounds like there's some storms brewing. What practical steps should firms be considering to avoid or mitigate these risks? I think there are three things that firms can consider doing. The first is to learn the lessons from the rich theme of intelligence contained within previous enforcement cases, particularly those published during 2020. Mark Stewart often talks about um, using final notices to send messages to the market. And those cases send a lot of messages and contain a lot of really useful information. So they're well worth a read. Um, secondly, I would keep on top of the FCA's policy documents. For example, guidance on fair treatment of vulnerable customers was finalized just last month. Um, and again, that's, that's a really important document in terms of, of what the FCA is expecting firms to do in this space. And thirdly, it's the ongoing process of, of just trying to embed TCF principles throughout the entire customer journey. So starting right from the product design stage all the way through to kind of, you know, long term customers and legacy customers. Um, how what is that customer's experience like? What is the customer journey looking like? Are, are your assumptions that those customers are being treated fairly working? You know, consider using focus groups and external agencies to test that customer experience, particularly of vulnerable customers, and then just train, train and train your staff so that they know how to spot issues, that they can provide those tailored responses within sensible boundaries and that they know when and what to escalate. So, Duncan, I'm going to hand back to you now. What can you tell us about the other big enforcement risk for firms, which we think is going to be activities in the market conduct space? Sure. The FCA now expects firms really to have overcome issues with the monitoring and surveillance of uh, remote workers. The FCA Director of Market Oversight, Julia Hoggart, in November 2020, set out that expectation you know, that firms should have the monitoring and surveillance sorted out by now, notwithstanding remote working. And so we expect that the FCA will now be looking to identify and manage firms that have fallen behind here. There's likely to be quite a lot of focus on the control environment within firms. We do anticipate more market manipulation cases based on conduct during lockdown. But 
market manipulation was a focus area even pre-COVID, and there's been recent attention, for example, to spoofing in the Abatista final notice and wash trading in the Horn final notice. And it's worth noting here that the FCA's market data analysis capability has improved considerably, and it's now asking firms about activity that it flags as, as potentially suspicious. And firms have also had issues managing individuals' use of personal devices um, whilst they've been working from home, haven't they? Yeah, that's right, Sarah. It's hard for firms to monitor communications around market conduct in this environment. It's been popular during the pandemic to use end-to-end -end encrypted messaging, personal devices, and also mobiles for calls. It's harder to record those. And as well as the obvious monitoring challenges around all of those, principle 11 risks arise if it's discovered that messages, apps, or app backups have been deleted or lost. Firms are going to take various strategies to mitigate this risk, and it's a difficult and fraud area, so it will take some working out. Uh, but they might ban such services for work purposes, launch in-house messaging platforms as alternatives, there might be attempts to engage in some more intrusive monitoring options, although they might be difficult to implement where they encounter obstacles in the form of GDPR and employment law issues. So uh, a real area of, de of development. And I suppose finally, um, the pan pandemic brought about new types of insider information. It's worth not forgetting that. We expect further action against corporates for market disclosure issues and related internal controls and governance and where individuals implicated in those circumstances worked at regulated firms, the FCA is likely also to consider whether the control environment at the firm in question was deficient so as to give the opportunity for insider dealing to occur. We also expect FCA enforcement investigations in 2021 into controls around persons discharging managerial responsibility and personal account dealing by staff working remotely. And this really follows the FCA's reminder about this in MarketWatch 63. So how can firms go about addressing this particular enforcement risk? Sure, there are a variety of actions that can be taken, and here's a few that firms could consider being proactive in. Updating market abuse risk assessments and adjusting the monitoring and surveillance arrangements that they have accordingly. Reviewing personal account dealing controls. Reviewing insider list arrangements, including record keeping arrangements whilst working remotely. Reviewing the parameters of surveillance alert systems and training and retraining staff as working practices evolve to keep up with the changes that are going on. I think, and just to add on the training point, I, I think if you can work into that training, sort of real life examples and, and examples of situations that have actually occurred in your on that particular desk or on, in your particular business areas, I think it can really help bring to life for people those those grey areas and, and make that training feel a bit less sort of hypothetical and a bit more uh, grounded in reality, if you like. Yeah, absolutely. So 
Moving on then, we, we know that many people working in financial services are interested in what the FCA has been doing in terms of enforcing against individuals. That's right. Um, it's for obvious reasons, uh, a topic of, of interest to many people working in financial services. And we know that the standard practice now at the FCA and the PRA is to investigate individuals alongside firms. The number of SMCR investigations remains limited, but it is growing. Um, and we may see more publicized SMCR enforcement actions in or concluding in 2021. And hopefully these will shed some light on the reasonable steps expected of senior managers. These do still seem to be quite elusive, however, and we've only had one published enforcement decision under the SMCR, and it didn't cover reasonable steps. So I think it is hard for senior managers as there is still a degree of uncertainty about what the regulator's expectations are in this space. Yeah, absolutely. So in the meantime, while we wait for those actions to come through, what impact is SMCR having on the regulation of firms that are day-to-day -day level? So we're seeing both regulators use SMCR extensively in a supervisory context. Um, and we'll see probably the FCA scrutinizing the framework for allocating responsibilities among SMFs to manage COVID-19 specific risks. So SMFs at firms suspected of systems and control failings or misconduct during the pandemic are more likely to see their behavior being scrutinized at the same time as the sort of activities of the business area for which they're responsible. So it's really important to document your approach to achieving and evidencing a robust control environment, particularly in challenging circumstances. Um, and consider not just recording the decision that's made, but also the discussion and the debate that leads up to it. So evidence that you have considered all the options and balanced the relevant push and pull factors behind a decision could prove vital if those decisions are being scrutinized by a regulator at a later date. So individual accountability is just one of the ways in which the FCA is looking at firm cultures. But Duncan, what else is the FCA doing in this space? Yeah, the FCA and PRA regard culture as playing a significant role in reducing conduct risk. The regulators see a link between poor culture and harm to consumers, markets, other stakeholders. And there's a recognition really that the best systems and controls in the world can be undermined if the right behaviors are not embedded. So we do expect greater scrutiny of the role of firm culture in ensuring the quality of decisions, particularly those made at speed, uh, such as to respond to pandemic related risks. And how are we seeing this focus on culture play out in an enforcement context? Yeah, two related themes are worth noting here, and perhaps the first to explore is whistleblowing. We expect continued focus on the adequacy of firms' whistleblowing arrangements. The FCA has ongoing investigations and the PRA enforcement team is also active in this space. Uh, we saw the FCA and PRA publish a VREC in early 2021. The requirement was imposed on a firm following an internal firm investigation into certain whistleblowing allegations. And that investigation identified cultural issues and weaknesses in the operation of its whistleblowing systems and controls. The regulators there took the view that additional reporting and attestation requirements would complement the firm's own internal remediation work. 
network is around firstly improving awareness of how to recognize uh, whistleblowing disclosure and secondly how to handle those disclosures effectively including avoiding detriment to whistleblowers and there are some key themes within the regulators expectations here whistleblowing arrangements need to evolve with working conditions including remote working and whatever arrangements come next they also need to evolve as the subject matter of reports shifts and changes and the FCA is shifting focus away from the importance of speaking up and towards the importance of listening up so it's a shift towards managers and others to whom reports are made being equipped to recognize the issues and to deal with the issues and of course there's the new fca campaign uh, to encourage whistleblowers to come forward and report wrongdoing to the fca so an important development and what about non-financial misconduct so we see this talked quite a bit about in the context of discussions on culture yeah, absolutely. We, we've yet to see a concluded FCA or PRA enforcement action against an individual concerning non-financial misconduct that hadn't already resulted in a criminal conviction. So, so there's that. The, the number of investigations into non-financial misconduct is also still low. These are difficult allegations to investigate. They need sensitive handling and perhaps feeling and sensing that these are difficult investigations. The FCA is starting to push firms to do this work for them. So in other areas, the FCA might embark on lots of investigations and enforcement action to send a message to the market. But but here what they're doing is they're making non-financial misconduct a regulatory issue, signaling that it's within its remit to police and putting pressure on firms to tackle and root out this type of behavior and really to improve speak up and listen up environments as part of a broader cultural focus within the firms. And just to add into that, we, we saw a speech from the FCI very recently talking about diversity and inclusion in this context and, and citing that as a, another regulatory issue that the FCA is very concerned about in terms of its impact on on the culture of firms. I'm afraid we'll have to leave it there. That's all we have time for today. If you're interested in reading more of our thoughts about current and upcoming trends in FCA and PRA enforcement work, you can find our full publication on the topic on linklatest.com, along with a range of other enforcement and financial services focused content. Alternatively, please do contact us or any of your usual Linklatest contacts if you'd like to talk about any of the topics we've covered today in more detail. Thank you very much for listening and goodbye.